Welcome to the Underrated Thoughts Sports Podcast, the thoughts you don't usually think of. I am your host, Colin Carruthers. Stay up to date with every episode by following our social medias, Twitter at ProfessionalUTP and Instagram at ProfessionalUnderratedThoughts. Hope you enjoy. Let's see what the sports world has for us today. Good day. Woo! We are finally back. It has been a long time, but, you know, hopefully we're here and back to stay. We've got a lot to talk about, so let's just jump straight into it today. If you really want to skip ahead and only listen to certain parts of this episode, go into the description of this episode, and it should have labeled with times what specific things we were talking about then, so you could just skip ahead and not have to listen to the entire thing when you only listen listen to one thing. So... Starting off, we're going to jump straight to the NFL, crazy enough, when this is coming out, with the midst of March Madness. We'll get to that here in a minute, but we want to start off with some NFL drafts. Don't want to get too crazy with it. First, we're going to look at the last place teams in each division, because looking over each team in the league would take God amount of time. Um, each team in the division, what is their most important need at the time, and maybe a player or two to go for. So, starting off in the AFC East, jumping straight into it. Uh, the New York Jets, obviously, they need a quarterback. I mean, most of these, when you think of last place teams, when, when you think of like the first three picks in the draft, you're always going to say QB. So I want to try to get a little bit more creative. But obviously, Sam Darnold just hasn't been cutting it lately. He's not an awful QB. I think he's a little, he gets a little too much hate, really. Um, I mean, is he the greatest quarterback in the league? No. Is he like... Lamar Jackson sound not even close. He gets a little bit too much hate though, and he can be a great backup. But I, I just Sam Darnold's not cutting it if they want to get anywhere anytime soon. So then you go for a quarterback. Now do they go for Justin Fields? Do they go for Zach Wilson? My preference would have been Zach Fields. This, when we get to it later, uh, Trevor Lawrence going to the Jags. This is without question, um, and that starts the whole QB carousel. Well, really, it all starts with Alex Smith, but we'll get to that later. Um, yeah, but I mean, honestly, they just need a QB to start off in the first round. Go ahead and go for either Justin Fields or Zach Wilson. Those are the next best two, in my opinion. My opinion would be Justin Fields, but, you know, Ohio State QBs have a track record of not doing well. I think he'll be fine in the um, NFL. Maybe not as great as Jalen Hurts has uh, looked so far, because I've, I've been really impressed with him right now also. Um, Justin Fields is not a bad choice to go with. Um, and then after that, maybe like the second or third round, go for some defense in my opinion. Just try to um level it out because I mean they have some decent offense, but not great. Otherwise, I'd go for if there's enough weapons in the second round. I don't know how much is going to go because the greatest thing about this year, this year's draft, is that um. There's a lot of potential in it. Of course, you know, like, the first pick, Trevor Lawrence. And usually every year we know, like, the first, like, 15 at least practically, like, basically where they're going to go. Like, we might mess up, like, the 13th and the 11th pick and get a switch, but you get my point. This year you have no idea where they're going to go because we don't even know Justin Fields going to go, like, to the Jets. There's been speculation about that. There's speculation that he's not even the second-best QB in this draft. But, um... On top of that, it's also there's a lot of great uh, talent out there. Like usually, there's like a like the QBs are really are always pretty. There's always a great QB class, but then it's always like the running backs. We have a lot of running backs, but not many wide receivers. Or like we have the vice versa, or we have like a lot of defensive players, which usually doesn't happen. Like a lot of better defensive than offense. But you get my point. This year, it's all around leveled out to be quite amazing. They all have great classes, in my opinion. I mean, there's a great wide receiver class. There's a great um, running back class. There's a great defensive class. There's a great QB class. You get what I'm saying. There's a lot of potential here. Every team can go for a lot of stuff. And when we get through this all, a lot of teams can go through a lot of stuff. Like in the first round, there's a lot of needs. And there's they can go for anything. When we get to the Falcons, they're one of the few teams this year that could – um really just go for anything in the first round. It's not like the Jets who need like a specific thing. Like my opinion would be the quarterback or like a wide receiver or even better, a running back finally. 
But um, honestly, actually, they I take back everything. They need a running back. They they need a running back. By God's me, they need running. And the running back class, I know I just said it's all pretty leveled out. It's a little less than everything else, just because of numbers. But otherwise, it's still, I mean, very very stacked. Um, awesome. But yeah, I mean, there's just a lot of talent overall, and there's a lot of stuff that we can get to. So next, uh, AFC North, good old Cincinnati Bengals. Of course, by God's meaning, I bet you could ask Joe Burrow this question. We need an O-line. Everyone's been preaching it for years now. It's time to finally do it. But, but, take a step back with the draft. Because it's looking like now it should have probably already happened. It's, it should happen soon. I'm recording this on 3-14-21, March 14th. Um, so hopefully later this week. We signed the two big free agent linemen that we're supposed to get. Um, they're both guards, and they're two of the best in the league. Hopefully we get them by the end of this week. That would be awesome. That would help our draft a lot because then we wouldn't have to be going for a specific like, – we wouldn't have to overload on O-linemen. I really hope we don't have to. I really hope it's like a second-round need. Everyone's saying, Penny Sewell, we want him, we want him. Why not go for, like, the skill position? If we can get those two guys. If we can't, then we're in a different conversation. Yeah, go ahead and go get um, Penny Sewell if he's um, still on the board. Of course, Dolphins might take him. Who knows? People are saying if we don't, if he's gone, like if the Dolphins take him, we trade down for something else. No. Well, I take that back. Maybe we can trade down like a few picks, try to get something like just another pl- just another lineman out of it. Honestly, that really wouldn't be bad, but I don't want to go down that far. I would not be upset if we get a skill position. We get a wide receiver. Really. We can't get a running back because we signed that ungodly contract with Joe Mixon, and Giovanni Giovanni Bernard has been good enough. So I would say everyone's saying uh, Jamar Chase from LTO over uh, Devontae – I almost said Devontae Adams. Devontae Smith, I mean. Um, I don't know. I like them both. I, I don't think you can go wrong either way. Jamar Chase has been really good this past year. Um, he had a great season. And he's looked really good. He's got he's got more of the body. People say he's got more of the body. The, the he's built better uh, for the NFL for those hits than um, Devontae Smith. But still, I mean, I remember watching the national championship game, and he was getting lit up. And he was still going through like it was nothing. I mean, I think he'll be fine, honestly, in my opinion. And he's got a lot of great footwork, and he's really fast. I mean, they both have great footwork, and they're both really fast. But I don't think you can go wrong either way. Those are my two dudes I would love to get in the first round. Um, of course, they get a lineman. I'm not going to complain. But I don't see why, why you don't go for a skill position in the first round if you're the Bengals. I mean, And then wait for the second round to get a lineman like Tommy Kramer. Which I'm a little biased with because he's around here, you know, good old elder high school grad. But I'm, I mean, it's not a bad choice. He's been really good for the Notre Dame. He's with, um, I want to say three, um, yeah, three out of the five all linemen, ACC all linemen positions were filled by Notre Dame players. Um, one of them being Tommy Kramer, and he's been terrific. The only thing with him is um, injuries, but they're not even been major; they've just been minor. So, but he's been great, and when you watch him play and watch him blow, he's getting like, like you know, they talk about players on ESPN, like on, like when they do highlights during the game. They don't usually focus on alignment as much, but they focused on him quite a bit during the season. Um, not just this past season, but for the past few seasons at Notre Dame. So he's a great option for the Bengals to go get like a second round pick. Uh, or hell, maybe if they know more than I do, definitely. I well, at least I would hope that. Um, wait till third round or something because maybe he won't won't be seen by everyone else. Maybe he'll be able to get later rounds because and that's one of the things too. Like you, when you when you're drafted, it's not always like oh you're a third round dude. It's like we just notice no one else is gonna go for you, so we could just get you a round later and get someone else that they were like someone else is gonna go for. And whatnot. Like, we just knew that was going to happen. So, like, I feel like that's some of it sometimes. 
like in rare occasions, but you know, usually not. So moving on to the AFC South, Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> We're sending a total of five seconds on it. Trevor Lawrence, done deal. But that does accumulate some more of a QB carousel. This huge QB carousel that's getting ready to kick off very, very soon. I don't know how soon. I don't know exactly how it'll start. You'll start with, um, well, it's already kind of, like, it's already been ignited to start. Basically, just someone else has to make the next move, and then it's all going to go at once. I don't think it's going to be Russell Wilson made the first move, but Deshaun Watson, Gardner Minshew would be like, I think one of those two start the flame um, and whatnot. But So, already moving on to the AFC West, um, the Denver Broncos, they do not need a QB. Not at all. I mean, would it be nice to pick up someone like, Sam Darnold from the Jets. See, see that backup coming back in. Yep, is it like a backup? Yeah, I mean that would be great for Drew Locke. He's not bad. He gets a lot of hate too, and he's—I don't want to say he's really underrated. He's just unproven yet, in my opinion. He's had enough time to prove himself, but he's still a little unproven. He still needs a chance to go and um, do his thing. He will not go down as like one of the greatest of all. Not even close. He won't. He he, he probably won't even be one of the greats. But he's still a pretty good QB. And he still has a lot of time to develop and turn into something the Broncos can use for years to come. So my opinion is they don't need a QB. Um, I would go for a offensive skill position as as normal. I mean, when we talk about teams getting drafting someone, it's always for. It's, Everyone always talks first round. So you're always going to have to talk about the offensive skill position. Because, I mean, and that's just what you go for. And I hate saying that again, but I don't think it's stupid if they go for the defensive side of the ball. Because, I mean, this is also going to go with the Lions here in a bit later. Um, not, And this isn't as bad as the Lions, but if they could, like, just stop a few extra touchdowns a game, like maybe, like, one, one touchdown – Possibly two a game because I mean, they're usually losing by, oh, like, just hold on. Yeah, they're only losing by like a, a touchdown or two a game. If they can just get that extra, um, extra defensive help, I mean, go for it. I think they should go defensively, but I, I it's not bad to go with an offensive skill position, preferably. I mean, they need a running back. And the running backs might go quickly, it, like so. I I would go for running back, but then again, wide receivers a need to um, go on top, uh, stack up with Jerry Judy and whatnot. But I I think their best choice is a defensive uh, position. Maybe I would say like a corner or a safety is more important than a linebacker for them right now. Um, or eh. eh, I see that going either way because I remember their run. They gave up a lot of run, uh, huge runs. So, I mean, I'm I preferably. I, I feel like anything they could go with. I would prefer not a D lineman, though. I, I got the, the D linemen aren't going to get much love right now. I I hate saying that because they do a lot of great stuff, but that's just not what you go for in the first round usually, unless you see a great defensive end. That's the exception. The defensive ends can be amazing. Like Chase Young, he was amazing, of course. Um, I didn't like him as much, but he's still, you know. He was he was good. He he had a great season. Uh, I can't talk bad about it anymore. But um, yeah, go defensive, please. And you know what? Thinking of it, I can't believe it just crossed my mind. Um, they do they they need a linebacker, and because one of the best players in the draft is a linebacker. From Penn State, Micah Parsons, he, he reads the field so well. He's all over the place. He's always making plays. He's, he's just a great playmaker. I think they should go for him. So preferably, I, so preferably not a cornerbacker safety. I'm going to completely reverse that like an idiot. Micah Parsons from Penn State. Um, that would be a great choice for them. Moving on to the NFC with the NFC East. Hell, you could talk about all four of them being last place. They're all within three games. God bless. Last place was the Eagles. I know exactly where they go for here. Tight end. Tight ends are always lower in numbers 
Like it's they still got some pretty good tight ends, like Kyle Pitts, if he's still on the board by the time then. But um, I mean, tight ends usually are lower in numbers, and then like once you get the first few out of there, it's not the same level of talent usually. Like there's still like I, I'm still gonna keep with my word from earlier. Every position's pretty level this year, but then again, I mean, tight ends usually just aren't always um, there in numbers. And they're like, this year, they have, yeah, as I said, they, they don't have numbers. There's five of them this year. All five of them look pretty freaking good. But, um, of course, there's, once again, five of them. So I would go, because you got to get someone to replace Zach Ertz. He's been... One of their um one of their favorite um there's the third two when they're um, in need of like a few yards again first down so um, he's been a great player for him and now he's not going to be there anymore you need someone to replace him and they run that offense smoothly like the way they have in years and the way they did when they won the Super Bowl so um getting someone to replace Zach Ertz is huge because they don't need to replace their QB they already did with Jalen Hurts who in the games he was in he looked great. He looks fantastic. He's still got a lot to grow and learn with, but he's got like a lot of potential. And I, I can't, I can't not see him turning into a great player in like the next two or three years if he keeps like improving the way he did in the few games he had this year. So I think they need to go with a tight end, and of course, preferably Kyle Pitts from Florida. Um, they have the. Um, Six pick in the draft. Um, I would not be surprised if he's still there. The only team I would see ahead of them taking it would be um, the Bengals, and I don't think they're going to take it. I don't think I think they're going to be fine with your sample. Um, and I don't think. Oh no, um, I was about to say Houston, but that's oh never mind, my bad. Um, yeah, I think Kyle Pitts is still on the board. You take him, but that's just my opinion right there. Moving on to the NFC North. The Detroit Lions, of course, they traded Matt Stafford to the Los Angeles Rams for Jared Goff. So their QB needs are filled, and they never needed the draft QB anyway. Matthew Stafford is insane. Go defensive. I mean, they have a lot of underrated talent on that team. Um Watching this year, let's take a, the prime example out of all of this that I'm going to say. The Falcons game they played. They ended up coming back and beating the Falcons in the final minute of the game when um, um, Todd Gurley um, went into the end zone by accident, so gave the, the Lions a chance to score and win the game, and they did. That's what happened. They went down and scored, so the Falcons, once again, blew another lead. Okay. 27-3. Okay, you get the point. I don't have to go and just bully Falcon fans again for something that happened freaking forever ago, even though it's still funny. Um, they need defensive help. They need to go get a defensive player because um, they've, they've got enough offense. I mean, not enough. I shouldn't say enough offense. They got enough to get them and win more games than they have been. They, they're defensive. They just hold like it's like the Broncos, but just a little bit more, in my opinion. Um, just, they just need more help. Um, of course, you. Will, I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna just skip everything I just said already. Like before, they just need uh, that defensive help because they're right there in games. They're not getting like blown out all the time. Like yes, there's a game here or there. They're gonna get blown out because it's the Lions. But they're not as bad as people think, in my opinion. Like they've looked pretty decent all year. Like, like I hate saying look pretty decent, and they have like three wins. Like, what is it? They have five wins. I apologize for your two extra wins you missed, and it meant nothing. I'm sorry. Um, but because that's not decent. That's that's horrible. That sucks. Like it's just you. You can't let that slide. But um, and again, they've looked. Decent consistently throughout the year with their play, but not with their wins. And then, there, and then, like there's the game. Then, then there's the plays every drive where they absolutely choke and throw it out the window, and it's awful. That's what makes them awful. But they're that, they, they're they're not as far away from being a 
decent team to like beating people and pushing them out of the playoffs, as people think, in my opinion. And, I, and they just need to go for a defensive player. Um, I feel like that's their best choice, of course. Micah Parsons is the, the best available choice. Um, what, what if he's not there? Next linebacker. Um, it says here, I'm looking at a prospect board, Aziz. It's a kid from Georgia, yeah. Um, I'm not going to try pronouncing that name. Um, sophomore from Georgia, linebacker. I'm not going to pronounce that. But, I mean, when I'm thinking of it, two dudes come to mind. Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa. That's how you pronounce it. From, oh, my God. I'm not very good at pronunciations. It's awful. Um, he's, for, he's a senior from Notre Dame. I remember seeing him against... Um, was it Clemson? It was some Clemson, but I want to say North Carolina was the big one. I, I believe it was North Carolina. Um, look great. Reads the field well. Gets around, makes plays, helps lead the defense. Great player. Another one. Joseph Asai from Texas, junior. Another great linebacker. Um, I remember seeing him. He, he was a, he's a big playmaker, and he's quick. Um. So maybe that's something the Lions go for, in my opinion. They need a, they need a quick dude. Maybe in the linebacker decision, stop runs. They 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 more got beat besides the Bron like the Broncos got beat more with the run. Lions get beat more with the pass. But um, so maybe not a linebacker, but he's pretty quick. He gets around um. So the next available um cor uh, corners would be, in my opinion, is Patrick Certain from Alabama or um. A little bit of under-the-radar dude, sort of. Not really, but somewhat. Caleb Farley from Virginia Tech. Another great choice. So, I mean, they've got a lot of great options. They, they've got a lot of open options for them to go for. They can go for a lot of stuff. My opinion, they should just focus on the defensive side. At least in the first round, or maybe two. And then do what you want. So now, moving on, finally, to the NFC South. The Falcons. The Falcons can practically go anywhere. And I mean anywhere. They can do whatever they want. They can draft a QB. They can draft um, a running back if they really wanted to. I don't know why they would, but they could. I would not draft a wide receiver because they've got Julio Jones and um, what's-his-face. Yeah, I would not draft a wide receiver if I was them. I would not draft a skill position on the offensive side if I was them. But that's their choice if they're if they're really dumb enough. Um, they can draft a new lineman if they really wanted to. Once again, that's stupid. They should not do that in the first round. <coughs> but hey, uh, go for what you want, I guess. Um, or they can go for the defensive side as well. So talking myself through this. They should go for a QB. I really don't think they... I, I was kind of thinking, I was not on board with... A lot of people think they, they should. Right? And when I just thought about it, like, loosely, I'm like, no. I don't think they should. Like, I wasn't a big fan of it. I was like, go, go get something else. I think Matt Ryan's fine. I do believe in Matt Ryan. I think he's fine. But then again, this is the time to get it if there's enough on the board. If, I, if, if there's a good enough QB left on the board, which there should be by the time they're drafting, um, yeah, go get them. I mean, I, I see nothing wrong talking myself through it. I was not big on and I honestly don't think they, they're going to until I talk myself through this. And if you go through that simple just, oh, what do we need? Do we need this? Eh, not, 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 not that important, you know. What about this? Oh, it's a little bit more important. I think we go for this. What about that? No, not at all. Oh, what about QB? You know, we could use that, actually. That's not the most important thing in the world right now, but we could use it. I think they can go anywhere, honestly. They can do whatever the hell they want in this draft, which back to earlier saying how anything can happen right now because we don't know where the hell anyone's going to go. This is one of the prime examples, the Falcons. They can do practically anything in the first round and then go to the second round. They can do practically anything they want and no one can really like complain or really too much I mean, people are going to complain if you don't they don't get a qb in the first round but in my opinion it's not like a dire need like the jaguars or anything like that. i mean the jaguars have gardner Minshew, but he's moving out of there this year 
with the QB carousel and with them getting Trevor Lawrence. He doesn't want to be a backup to him and this and that. You get the point. Um, yeah, I mean, so talking myself through this, yeah, they should probably go for a QB, but I, they can do whatever the hell they want. And let's say they do go for a QB like everyone thinks. Trey Lance, I think, is best fit in a Falcons uniform, especially if Matt Ryan can stay for another two, three years. Um, coach Trey Lance up, be his mentor, but still start. And make sure Trey, uh, Trey Lance is like, one, make sure he's good enough and whatnot. Because if he's not, then you got to go draft someone else. So we don't know what Trey Lance is going to be. I, I think he'll be fine. Maybe not like a... Um, I don't think he'll progress the way Jalen Hurts is right now. Even if we haven't even seen enough of Jalen Hurts, I think he's going to progress a lot. Um, but I think Trey Lance could be a great fit in Atlanta for that team. And it would be great for the team grow with Matt Ryan, who's had a great career. Even if I mean, maybe it's not been like uh, Drew Brees or Aaron Rodgers successful, but it's still been a pretty good career for him. And, I mean, he's been on the downslope for years, but – He's still a great dude. He's still a great QB. He's still, I, don't, I shouldn't say great QB, but he's still a good enough QB to go out there and do his, do his thing. So moving on to the final, NFC West, San Francisco 49ers. God, Jesus. That's a mess. That's fire out there. It's a literal fire because they're in California. <laughs> I like that little, but I'm, that, Jesus, it's, yeah. Uh, 49ers are not going to draft a QB, but they should. They should draft if he's on the board. Zach Wilson, that's my per, uh, personal opinion. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo is not, not, in my opinion, going to cut it for much longer. He cut it for like a year, year and a half, maybe even two years if you really give him that. And he's probably going to be fine for like a year or two, but like barely. They won't do anything. They won't go anywhere. They'll stay in last place. But I don't think the Jimmy Garoppolo is going to cut it, in my opinion. I think the best fit, like when I think of Zach Wilson in draft, I think that could be the like he'd be a great fit in San Francisco. Great job, like to rebuild that team around a, a dude like that and start building up like that and learn as they go through things. I feel like he'd be a great fit in, uh, with the, in a 49ers uniform, but they're not going to get one because they've already said they're going to stick him. Go with Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, they could be they could pull Packers last year and just randomly draft one out of the blue, which I'm not getting into that. But I mean, they could do that. And once again, best fit Zach Wilson. But um, they won't do it. They they freaking won't. Which God knows why. Um. So what do they go for instead? Everything. I mean, they literally need anything. It's not like the Falcons were like. They need things, but it's not as dire need. No, no, no. The, the 49ers need everything. I mean, they straight up do. I mean, I mean, they have George Kittle at tight end, but, like, does he really even want to – first of all, does he even want to stay there? Second of all, he got injured pretty hard last year. So, is he going to become an injured-riddled athlete? Are you going to be able to uh, rock with Mozart the rest of the year? Or, the, the, like, the rest of his career? Which Stop there. Your defense is awful. I mean, I I take that back. It wasn't awful, awful, but it sure as hell wasn't great. You need wide receivers. You need you need anything. I'm literally not even gonna go into it. It's 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 that dire of a need to go anything. My opinion: Zach Wilson to QB first round. But I mean, they need another line. They need a defensive line, they need linebackers, they need safeties, they need cornerbacks, they need wide receivers. They probably need a running back. I mean, Mozart's fine, but wouldn't it be nice to have a second running back? See, I feel like there's some dudes in the NFL you want, like, two running backs for, and you have a lot more options. So, like, get this. Travis Etienne? Uh, I, 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 not a bad choice. I think his best... When I think of him, his best fit is probably the Cardinals. But there's dudes in the league. It's like, yeah, two QBs is nice. It's better than having one. It's like Joe Mixon and Giovanni Bernard, but it's not the same way because they're both, like, good. Um, 
But they, I mean, there's, there's the, like, you use two, two running backs and it gives you a lot more options, a lot more weapons, and you can do a lot more things with it. That that situation with Mozart and the, with the 49ers, they draft a running back, not an awful choice. But still, so, personal opinion, here was Zach Wilson, quarterback. Yeah, that's that's a freaking mess. Um, my next thing I was going to talk about was going to be um, the players, like specifically, but I think I'm actually going to save that for a later um, later podcast episode. Uh, when's the draft going to be? Uh, NFL Draft 2021. It's on April 29th. Yeah, I've got time. I, I'm going to do that in a later one. So now we're going to do a very quick run. A very, very, that was a quick run through the, like some draft needs. Way, like, way too early draft needs before free agency happens. Because when free agency happens, things change. Duh. That is obvious. But let's see how much goes into free agency before the draft. Because also, wouldn't you want to like get stuff done before the draft so you know what you really need? But that's whatever. That's what you want to do. Um. We're going to do a quick run-through of the QB carousel. Do we have something? This one might get a little weird. Because players involved um, directly. Alex Smith, Gardner Minshew, Deshaun Watson, Sam Darnold, um, Russell Wilson, and somewhat... Trevor Lawrence. He's not exactly directly, but those are the main components of this uh, QB character that's about to start. There will always be other components. There will always be like other players that aren't even QBs. There'll probably be more QBs that get involved, but like not directly. It won't. It'll be because of other stuff. And once stuff start moving, and it's like, oh, maybe I should have done this, or like, maybe I don't want to be here anymore. Well, well, you want to cry about millions of dollars? Um. It's all it's all starting with Alex Smith this year. Cut from Jesus. He was cut from the what WTF team. It's WFT, but when I when I look at it, I really wish it's WTF. Um, the Washington football team decided to cut the comeback player of the year who did not play bad at all. But you know, he's gone. We're gonna cut him. Where does it look like you oh another I forgot part of the QB carousel. I'm going to rewind a second. Fitzmagic and technically two was in this show. Fitzmagic is in it, but also not as immensely close unless they get involved with the Texans or Jets. Which wouldn't be surprising, but that's the only way it's going to be more directly. Like, it's still a little farther like they can do the the Dolphins can kind of do their own thing it's not as like they're all like the Seahawks and Texans and Jets are all going to be involved with each other but it's 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 going to be so back with Alex Smith where does he go now Jacksonville a simple solution he just goes to Jacksonville why Gardner Mitchell is not going to be there anymore he doesn't want to be there he doesn't want to be back up the Trevor Lawrence and honestly, if I'm Urban Meyer, if I'm that, I love Gardner Minshew, right? He's, he's a cool dude, right? Um, but I'm fine with that, honestly. If I'm if I'm a Jaguars, um, uh, someone in the front office or a fan, so what? Okay, go to the Texans now. See, see, this is where the carousel starts. He starts, but um, yeah, bringing Alex Smith, be Trevor Lawrence's mentor. He's a great. He's a really smart dude. He's great QB. He knows he knows his stuff. He knows the NFL. He knows his way around. He can help Trevor Lawrence grow. He's a, Trevor Lawrence is a great QB too. I think he'll adjust to the NFL life well. Um, but bringing in Alex Smith to be his little mentor, like uh, Joe Flacco was with um, Denver, I believe. No, take that back. He's with the Jets. But yeah, bringing him in to be his little mentor. Um, a great, great idea in my opinion. I, I feel like you got to go for him as hard as anyone else this year, just for that. I mean, it, it would be a great, great pickup for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So then, as I said, Gardner Minshew's out. 
So that, that's where T-Law gets somewhat involved. He's not directly, but that's why Gardner Minshew gets involved. He's out of Jacksonville. Not yet, and not really, but it looks like he's going to get out of Jacksonville. Where does he go? Actually, I don't know for sure on this one. I'm out. Now, the rest of this, I am just completely going to just, like, spitball real quick, and maybe, like, I haven't even put much thought into it before, like, as I'm saying it. Oh, well. Does he go to the Texans? I've kind of been thinking that, like, the most, but then, again, I wouldn't be surprised to go to the Jets, but wait. The Dolphins get involved. That's magic. Tua. Do you want to have a competition for your first pick? Uh, not first pick, your starter between Tua and Fitzmagic. And not, oh, between Tua and um, Gardner Minshew? Because Fitzmagic's out, probably. He's not retiring, thank God. There doesn't love some Fitzmagic, but I mean, would they want that? I mean, I think that's not as likely, but it could happen. I wouldn't be surprised if they want that. Um, I think it'd be. I, I I don't like it as a Dolph, if you, as a looking from the Dolphins' perspective, and I really don't think they'll do it. But I mean, they could. It wouldn't be the most shocking thing in the world I've seen. I mean, I've seen crazier stuff. We're in March, March Madness. Crazier stuff happens. But I mean, nah, I I don't see it happening. But it could. Just throwing it out there as a possibility. I I really think it's a a. I think, really, he's going to go to the Texans. Like, throwing this out there, my first thought is him going to the Texans and filling in for Deshaun Watson. But then you think about Sam Darnold. Does he get traded with Deshaun Watson directly? Is that just going to turn into their own little thing and they're going to throw Russell Wilson out of this? Because that could happen. And so let's, let's say that does happen. Deshaun Watson starts with the Jets, no question. No one else can really take over. Does Sam Darnold start for the Texans, or do they bring in Gardner Minshew, too, and just have, like, a competition for it? Do they have two great QBs who can do the where they've started and won games? Like, Gardner Minshew, not as much, but, I mean, he's won before. I mean, that's what he has. But do they, do they have that competition? Do they have Gardner Minshew... Be the backup because he is a backup QB at this point. I hate saying it. I have. I'm not being like me on this. This is more realistic. Me talking. I want Gardner Minshew to start, but I mean, um, he, he's just not going to be a starter. So the Texans trade that and then bring Gardner Minshew to be that great backup when Sam Darnold starts playing like crap, or if he gets injured. Um, well, that's not a bad option. So I wouldn't be surprised if they both go there, actually. Yeah, I just kind of thought about that. That's not awful. But then, what happens to um, Russell Wilson? He's on the trade block. He goes to the Saints. I just kind of think. I mean, if that all goes to fruition, then the Saints probably trade for him. I, th I think the Saints would be stupid not to be going for him right now after Drew Brees is officially retired today. I mean, we all knew it was going to happen, but it's finally official and whatnot. But, yeah, dude, they just go for Russell Wilson, and he becomes a saint. So it looks like he's out of Seattle. Like, I'm, If he stays in Seattle for a year, uh, once again, not the most shocking thing in the, in the world. I, I don't think it's going to happen, though, at this point. I did at first, like, when it, uh, the f rumors started, like, start, like, starting, I was like, nah, he'll, he'll stay in Seattle. I, I don't think he'll go anywhere this year or at least by the time the season starts. So I wouldn't be surprised if this is going to be a later trade, like closer to uh, the preseason and whatnot. But, yeah, he goes to the Saints. I don't remember those other trade destinations, but it doesn't matter. He goes to the Saints. Done. Deal closed. Period. Close the checkbook on that. Of course, we'll see how it all plays out. QB Carousel may be very interesting this year, so pay attention to that. Um... So, I was coming home, right? Watch Selection Sunday, but it was already over by the time I got home. I had practice, so I'm going to look over that, give you some teams who I think may have been snubbed, who um, I think your best Cinderella chances are, maybe even some bracket advice. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know what I'm going to do yet. That's going to be something good, though. Get ready for that, and I'll give you that here in a minute.
And so, after a grand total of three seconds of looking stuff over, I didn't look too hard. I, I apologize. Up, oh, we're back. <laughs> um, so we're gonna get into a few of these maybe teams I think were snubbed just by looking at the first four outs. Um, maybe some teams that are the hottest in the country right now to look at for your bracket. Um. Teams who have looked good in playoffs recently and who should look good this year. The best teams. And maybe you can be your Cinderella story. Um, and whatnot. You know, I mean, I saw, like, there was a whole thing on ESPN for every single team. Just slight information on each of them. If you really want that for your bracket to be that good, go for it. I'm, I could go through every single team if you really wanted to. But that's a, a whole podcast episode itself. Like, I could do that. And make it its own pocket episode. Just say, like, one little fact about each team that you should know going into the bracket. But that's not what's going to happen here. You want some better stuff. And, I mean, we just want better. Hopefully soon enough this gets more fun. But right now we're just talking things over. Hopefully we want to make this podcast a lot more fun. Maybe more games. But we don't need to get into that. You don't want that right now. So the last four in, I'm looking at it right now. The last four in was Michigan State, UCLA. Wichita State and Drake. Great. Um, Michigan State deserved it. Wichita State kind of deserved being the last four in. I really do. I really do think that Drake, they deserve getting in. Yeah. UCLA. Eh. I mean, I'm, I don't like them as much. That's that's the thing, though. They, they probably deserve to get in, though. The first four out, and this is all I'm looking at right now, so I don't know who else was directly snubbed like, without thinking of it off the top of my head. The first four out, Louisville, Colorado State, St. Louis and Ole Miss. All four of them were snubbed kind of the least of Ole Miss. SEC was eh this year, in my opinion. Um, hell, I got to see if LSU was in there because they've looked great so far in this postseason. If Wisconsin got in there, which I'm sure LSU is not better than Wisconsin, but they had a better record. That's that. Like, that sounds stupid when you think of like, oh, but we were in a lower conference. We had a better record. Should we get in? No. I mean, but, I mean, LSU was, eh, I mean, yeah, I could go both ways with them. Um, I, wouldn't, I, I wouldn't be surprised they're in, though. Um, Louisville, they were talking about it as I turned on the Selection Sunday show. Uh, the watch five seconds of it because I realized it was truly over. Um, and they were talking about how they had the, Bring them out. It was like a last-minute decision and whatnot. Um, they had a really that, and that was tough to cut though. They had a great season. They had great moments, but honestly, they just weren't consistent enough. And um, I just don't think they would have made a run like some other teams, like which like Michigan State could have this year, uh, just with their consistency and whatnot. They, I don't know what you expect from them anymore. They have they have a lot of potential being great, but they just weren't consistent enough. So, whatever, but Colorado State, oh, my Lord, uh, they were heating up. <laughs> they were heating up, and they had a they, and they had a great year. They were one of the more fun teams to watch. Are they the greatest team in the world? No. Could they have made a little bit of, like, a Cinderella run? Possibly, but not as likely. Were they probably a first and out? Yeah. But they were still fun to watch. I, feel, I almost feel like I would have rather seen them in over UCLA. But even more over both Colorado State and UCLA, just for the bias, St. Louis. I mean, how are they not in? They, I mean, they, I guess they kind of went on a downslope at the end of the year, but they, they were hot. And I, I, you can't be like, oh, Louisville was hot at one point, and you, and you just said they were, so why are they in instead of St. Louis? I mean, St. Louis is more consistent. St. Louis isn't bad just because they're in the A-10. The A-10 isn't even awful. They always said VCU. Dayton's always like, eh. I know last year was different, but they're always, eh. And I like to see that generously because I'm a, I'm a Dayton fan. Um, St. Louis is always pretty good. They've got they've got a lot of great talent, like underrated talent in the A-10. And they, they, people acknowledge that the A-10 is not awful, but still. Why were they in? It's just upsetting. But, I mean, and it kind of makes sense when you also think of... Because, um, another thing, too, like, um, bid stealers. There's a lot of bid stealers this year. And I knew this was going to happen when we started off. And I'm like, yeah, some teams that I like to see get in are probably going to get knocked out. Now, if I went into this more detail, like, on my own, like, looking into um, other teams who were knocked out, um, 
I probably seen some stuff that was like, damn, I really w wish they could have seen him play in the, in the tournament this year. Um, but at, at that point also, I think I got to expect both Colorado State and St. Louis being out. Uh, I just want to have some fun with them because they, they were fun to watch, but and especially St. Louis. They're always a great team who can always contend for uh, – they make a run. They're always going to be a tough out. It's never like it's going to be, oh, up by 80. Wow, that sucks. That was stupid. I don't think they're ever really going to be one of those teams uh, for years to come, really. They haven't been. Um, but, yeah, when you think of the bed Steelers, there's a lot of great – basically every team that's going to be in the tournament this year is going to be good. I mean, there's going to be some lower conference – bid stealers in there and whatnot, but that that may be not as great, but I know this this is gonna be one of the craziest years. I'm calling it now. This is going to be so much fun to watch. Even even if it's not, it's gonna be more exciting to us and we finally get it back and it's awesome. So um the there's that. So those four, whatever. Let's look at each uh region individually somewhat. Um so we have the West region. Uh, number one being Gonzaga, much deserved. I mean, they went undefeated. The last time that's happened was UK in 2015. Um, and the, they, yeah, they didn't win it. The last time someone won it and was in like a completely undefeated regular season, of course, the playoffs, so they won it. Uh, um, Indiana, it was in 1970-something. I don't remember off the top of my head. It's Indiana, and there's been five teams since. Right immediately after was Larry Bird's Indiana State, and then um, I can't, off the top of my head, I can't remember the next two. And then um, UK in 2015, um, and now Gonzaga. And they've got a great chance of winning it. I... I think I said this last uh, last episode. Um, they're great. I, I've always been like against them. Like, oh, see, this is bullcrap. They get fed in there. They don't play anyone on their way there, and they they, they had an easy schedule. They play in the west. And the West Coast has got to be the easiest conference in all of college basketball. Go to any other conference, it'd be harder. The only team that ever contends with them is St. Mary's. It's always I don't care if they face in the in the, in the quarterfinals. Of the West Coast tournament or the finals or the first round, it's all that. Like whoever wins that wins the whole thing, and there's no question. Um, yeah, I mean that's just dumb. But Gonzaga, I have to give them credit. One, they have a lot of talent this year. They had a lot of talent, and then they got the transfer from Florida, who's insane, and they've just been great all year. And as I said, they they can't be stopped, and that's why they're undefeated. BYU probably should have gotten. I was really upset not seeing BYU win. I liked watching them play. Uh, that night, that was really fun. But um, and BYU even had them, and then they let it go. They slipped up just a little bit in one little second. Like just, it was like if this is any other team in the country playing Gonzaga, or not even playing Gonzaga, any they're playing any other team in the country. This isn't as hurtful. It's still gonna be hurtful. Like if you're playing like a West Virginia, it may not be as hurtful as West Virginia. God bless America, turn the ball over. Like it's like heaven's gate this year right now. Especially against the better teams like Baylor and Oklahoma State, which is a kryptonite, or Oklahoma too. Just like, hey, take the spear, stab in your heel. There's our Achilles heel, the Oklahoma teams, um, and the Texas teams. Oh, Texas and Baylor. We beat Texas, thank God. But Baylor, sheesh, that was a rough game. They should have won that. Um, yeah, but Gonzaga, they've played a great schedule this year, a great out-of-season schedule. They had a better one, too, but then we got to other teams. Uh, it, it got to them, too, so they had to cancel games. And But um, they looked fantastic this year. So that could be a great bet for going all the way. Then again, I, they're always gonna, they always lose in, like, the, the Elite Eight. So maybe don't put them in the championship. Don't have them winning. I probably won't because I'm going to be biased against them. I, I'm, like, unbiased. I am unbiased. But then again, like, uh, there, I, I, it always gets – it pulls my heartstrings sometimes when you have to pick against, like, an Iowa or someone I like, you know. Um, they got Norfolk State or Appalachian State. I mean, yeah, I can say I win no matter what. Uh, eight seed Oklahoma, nine seed Missouri. Uh, both pretty pretty solid teams. I mean, I think Oklahoma's better. Mizzou's going to probably give them a light, little bit of a run here and there. It's going to be like, oh, there's a five-minute stretch where they're going to be coming to get them. And here's another five-minute stretch. I mean, they'll keep it close all game, but eh, Oklahoma's been really good this year. 
Um, Creighton at number five, number 12, UC Santa Barbara. I mean, this is another 5 12 thing. Everyone, 5 12. If you don't have a 12 upsetting a 5, then you're crazy. Um, yeah, but no. Uh, Creighton's, I might have been Creighton's win now, but UC Santa Barbara, not awful. Well, I, I said I didn't want to talk about this one by one. Here I am. <laughs> Uh, number four, Virginia. Number 13, Ohio. Once again, both very solid teams. Virginia the, is... Uh, eh. Eh. They're, they're, I mean, they're a little inconsistent. They're a little shaky, but they'll probably get past Ohio, at least. Maybe even Creighton. Just get, a, like, a little weak bye to the um, Sweet 16, but Creighton won't be an easy out, so see how that plays out. USC versus the winner, Wichita State and Drake, which is honestly, that should be a fun game. Wichita State and Drake. Uh, USC, I could, honestly, actually, I think I'm doing my bracket right now. <laughs> um, I think Wichita State beats USC. Ain't not Wichita State, but like the winner of Wichita State and Drake, um, which I wouldn't be, I might actually pick Drake in that. I think whoever wins that, that beats USC. Saying it now. I probably shouldn't say it because then now it won't happen. But it is. Uh, number three, Kansas. Number 14, Eastern Washington, Kansas. Um, number seven, Oregon. Number 10, VCU. As I said, VCU is always the 10 seed, I swear. They're always like a 10 seed. And they're always in the West. Like, I'm pretty sure that's 100% accurate. Um, oh, well. Um, and then number two, Iowa versus number 15, Grand Canyon. Go Hawkeyes. Uh, we go to the South region. Um, number ba Baylor's number one. Harper number sixteen. Um, Harper's in for the first time ever. This is their first uh, NCAA March Madness bracket appearance in program history. Unfortunately, you have to see the Raging Bears, and that's not going to be pretty. Um, number eight, North Carolina. Number nine, Wisconsin. Uh, number five, Villanova. Number twelve, Winthrop. Once again, all of those solid teams. I wouldn't be surprised if you see a Winthrop number 12 upset of five. There's your number five, number 12 over number five right there. Um, Purdue, North Texas, uh, 4 13. Um, Texas Tech at six and Utah State at 11. That's an upset waiting to happen. I think Texas Tech is definitely better, but that's an upset waiting to happen. Number three, Arkansas, number 14, Colgate. Another potential upset. They've only played 15 games this year, though. They, they're 14 and one. That's Colgate, 14 and one. Mm, okay. Um, Florida number seven, um, and then Virginia Tech at 10. I've been really high on Florida all year. I've been writing them. I'm thinking they're the best team in the SEC. And then there's Bama who wins it, but and then they lost to Tennessee, which was embarrassing because I've been talking crap about Tennessee all year. Um. I just don't think they're good, but of course, the exact opposite just happens in the SEC tournament game. So, yay! Happy for that. Um, and then Ohio State, number two, number 15, Oral Roberts. Um, every game can be an upset. In that. Practically, besides the one and the two, and I would say Purdue over North Texas pretty handily, but I think you could look at an upset for every single game. I mean, technically, nine over eight. It's not as big as an upset, in my opinion, but it's it's still an upset, technically. But it's not really too big of an upset. Ten over seven isn't an even huge upset sometimes. Um, like the VCU being at number ten, they usually win first round games. So, yeah. So in the Midwest, Illinois number one. As I said, the, the top four was as I said was going to be if I ever got this recorded sooner. Um, number sixteen, Drexel. <laughs> no. No. Uh, number eight, Loyola Chicago. Number nine, Georgia Tech. Okay. So as we were talking earlier about Cinderellas and teams who could are the hottest right now, Georgia Tech's been very hot as of lately. Of course, they're technically a bid stealer, but they're a great team. They're going very hot into this tournament. Illinois is going to have a scare with whoever the hell they play in the second round. Whether it be Loyola Chicago or Georgia Tech, everyone talks about Loyola Chicago, the OG Cinderella team. Okay, they went to the Final Four. That's not why they're OG though. They're not OG, but they are very good, and they had the, the one of the greatest Cinderella runs we've seen in very recent history. One of the best Cinderella runs we've ever seen. Period. But um, Loyola Chicago is the difference though is that Loyola Chicago was like it, they were fine that year, right? Like they they were so good. 
but it's not the same as they were this year. They're still that much better. They're really good this year. So if they make a run, don't be surprised because they're actually good this year. But then Georgia Tech comes in hot. So that's a great matchup right there. And then Illinois is going to get – they've been they're the hottest team in the country right now. They have been for the past two or three weeks. Three weeks, I believe. Hottest team going into this tournament. If you're an Illinois fan right now, you are licking your chops. You're like a Dayton fan was last year. You are ready to win the whole thing right now because of the way they've been playing and shooting. Their offense is unstoppable. It's what Baylor's defense was earlier this year. And their Baylor's offense, they, they shoot like nothing. Like they don't miss. And so they. Let me give it a break. Um, but that's going to be a lot of fun to watch right there. Tennessee at number five, uh, 12, Oregon State. Oregon State's a big uh, bit stealer, so I wouldn't be surprised if they lose. But then again, uh, Tennessee's most overrated team all year long. So look at that right there. doesn't matter, though, because number four is Oklahoma State. Uh, number 13 is Liberty. Number six, San Diego State. Number 11, Syracuse. Syracuse, sinking into the bracket. Good for them. Love watching them because they're always going to make a run. They're always going to be that little team that's going to upset everyone. And you have to always look out for them and be scared of them, which is why I'm scared that number three is West Virginia. And number 14, Moorhead State. Always scared for West Virginia. They always find a way to blow a game. God, it's so heart-wrenching. They're so good. That's how scary. Because for like for me as a fan, because you know anything can happen. They could lose to Morehead State for all I know, but I don't think it's gonna happen. They have a great team this year. Just pick up the defense and turnovers a little bit. Immediately elite eight and potential for Final Four appearance. Number seven, Clemson. Number ten, Rutgers. Um, that's awful. Uh, number two, Houston. I don't think Rutgers is awful. I just I don't know. I just don't like that matchup for some reason. I, I'm not I'm not big on Clemson basketball either, so yeah. Number two, oh my god, you are kidding. Number two is Houston. Number fifteen is Cleveland State. Houston is the most overrated team of all time this year. Take back Tennessee. Houston is the most inconsistent team all year. I have absolutely hated watching. It is it they're not even like overly great. They're in the, I like I, I like like I'm in football. I'm like the America's not that bad. Why? Now I'm in basketball. And last year the America's not that bad because it really wasn't even bad that last year. But this year it was god awful. It was pitiful. I'm surprised they even got two teams in it. And Wichita State, I'm pretty sure is kind of lucky again then. And Houston, how? Their record. They have three losses. Great. Did they play anyone? This is like my Gonzaga story from years ago. Watch, they'll be out in the um in the Sweet Sixteen. They'll be out. They'll have to make it there because I, I think they'll. Uh, well, I don't even know if they win the first round. They win the first round game. They're in the Sweet Sixteen. But if they don't win the first round game, they don't win the first round game. They play Cleveland State. You remember Middle Tennessee State against Michigan State. Michigan State was 10, 20 times better than this Houston team. And this Cleveland State team is not bad. You better look out for them. They're a little underrated. They're under the radar going into this. They've been hot, too. They've not been stopped. They were in a great conference this year, right? Um, they were in the, They're in the Horizon League, right? Not a bad conference. They have a lot of great talent in that conference. I mean, NKU, right? They, they, they have a lot of stuff, right? And they, they just, like, rolled through it. Now, it's not exactly easily... But they rolled it easier than anyone else, and that's why they won it. They just couldn't be stopped. It was like they kept going, and they slowed down a little for the play, like, tournament. But, I mean, they're, they're a great team. I wouldn't be surprised if you see some, some action there between the 2 and 15. It's going to be a little bit closer game than UC was today. We'll just start with that. And then, finally, the East region. Um, Michigan's number one, much deserved. Uh, 16 is a play-in between... Um, uh, Mount St. Mary's and Texas Southern. LSU at number eight. There they are from earlier, as I said. Thankfully, they are in. Um, number nine, St. Bonaventure. Ooh, St. Bonaventure. Another team from the A-10. Wouldn't be surprised if we see some crazy there. I was just talking a little highly on LSU, but they haven't been all that. They haven't been that, like, highly impressive, I guess. 
Like, I feel like that's wrong. It's like, oh, we're way better than you. I, I get that. But, like, I don't know. I, I, just, I just haven't been too too high on them this year. So, I wouldn't be surprised if we see some action from St. Bonaventure. I haven't been too high on them either, but we'll see how that plays out. Number five, Colorado. Number 12, Georgetown. Oh, I think Colorado has been said to be one of the hotter teams going into this. Right? They're one of the most fun teams to watch this year, according to a lot of people. No. Not as high as you think. Not as great as you think. Georgetown, on the other hand. See, these 5 and 12s, I swear to you, it's set up for this to happen. I just said earlier, it's not exactly always like the 12 always upsets the 5. It always happens. No. But, it's set up this way. I mean, Georgetown is is... One of the hottest teams going into this. I said Illinois. I said Georgia Tech and whatnot. But Georgetown is probably the hottest team of this past weekend. They blew through the Big East, beat Villanova, and they and they didn't just beat them. They handled them. I mean, like it was a close game. They, like, I don't want to say like they handled them. It's like, oh, they beat them by like eight points or something like that. No, it was like a one-point game. But, I mean, they handled their business in that game. That's what I mean by that, um, in that sense. They handled their ways in that game. They handled Villanova very well. And I wouldn't be surprised if you see them go to the Sweet 16. And then you look at number 6, Florida State, and number 13, UNC Greensboro. Wait, UNC Greensboro is another great team. I've seen a little bit of them. They've got one of the best dunkers in all of college basketball right now. They can shoot the ball pretty well, too. They're not bad. I I think Florida State's one of the more underrated teams. I can't believe I'm ever saying that about Florida State. But they are. They're one of the more underrated teams in college basketball as of lately. Um, it, well, the past few years, really. Like, everyone was talking. They started to talk about them last year going into the tournament. And then all the hype went away as soon as the tournament. Of course, like all hype went away for everyone. Um Really, and then they tried bringing back teams again as we started getting back into like oh UCLA once again the problem with college sports we try to bring back legacy teams too quickly and then they never prove up prove up the standards. Um, Florida State though, I mean they lost their hype a little last year, but they're still a pretty freaking good team, and I think they're a little bit underrated. But I also think UNC Greensboro is highly underrated. I'd love to see them go on a Cinderella run. They are a great team, and they do, and they play great in the tournament as well. Um, so don't be surprised if you see some action out of them. Um, number six, BYU. Hey, they made it. They had a great record. I'm just, I'm, I shouldn't be surprised if they made it. But once again, it's the West Coast. Um, they they should have won the West Coast Conference this year. I said earlier, it's always between St. Mary's and um, St. Mary's and Gonzaga, which it is. But BYU. They had a great year. They had a great record. Even if they didn't play a strong schedule, they deserved it. They're they're a great team going into this. But then they play the winner of Michigan State and UCLA. If it's UCLA, I think BYU wins. If it's Michigan State, I think Michigan State wins. Yeah, we'll say that now. Um, number three, Texas. Um, horns down, as I say, but I mean, I can't really hate them this year. They're fun. They're fun to watch, honestly, against anyone but. West Virginia, because, God, that's stressful. And then they play Alvine Christian. Um, Christian, they, they look like they had a pretty good year, but it'll probably end against Texas. There's a highly great shooting team. I just don't know if they'll be ready for this. But they 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 have upset people in their name. I mean, it's just one of those. Oh, they came in, and they just upset you. Damn. One of the big upsets you talk about for the rest of the tournament. I see that happening, but uh, I wouldn't go for it. Number seven, UConn. Number ten, Maryland. I wish UConn was playing someone else because I think they're a little overrated. Maryland's slightly underrated, but, I mean, Maryland's not that great. They are. I, I, I've been, I was thinking they're going to be a lot better, and then they weren't. So, yeah, that game sucks. If there's another game on, I would definitely be watching it. And then number two, Alabama. And then number 15, Iona. Iona is always upset feel in the tournament. They always have been. They're playing Alabama. I, would, I don't think they're, they're going to do as well as a 15 seed as they would maybe as a 14, 13. But Alabama, not as great as I think. They'll be in the Sweet 16 and they'll lose. Maybe. That was very brief and awful. <laughs> 
awful run through, but that's just me kind of looking at it the very first time, very first thoughts. Um, if you want to see my bracket completely, my legit one, maybe, hopefully, um, follow the, the, the social medias, um, Twitter at uh, Professional UTP, and then Instagram at Professional Underrated Thoughts. All just one big clump of words, no underscores or nothing. But then it's where you're gonna see where I'm actually gonna like pick my picks and probably just my legit bracket first, which I might do tonight. And I, I'm doing like all 25 on the ESPN tournament challenge bracket. And then I might do one on paper. And then I might do one somewhere else. And, you know, it's just too much fun sometimes. But who knows? It'll be a lot of fun to watch this year. Um. I mean, this is a great bracket. There's, I, I I can't really see many bad teams. There's like a few teams I scoffed at, and there was very little. And usually, you're scoffing at a, a more than a very little. So, this is gonna be a hell of a year. So let's have fun watching that, and come around for the next episode. I'm hoping to get out next week, maybe. We go through middle of the bracket, how bad my bracket's been so far, because I always, like, am good. Like, I'm always, like, the picks are great, but then, like, my bracket's always awful, because I'll always do something, like, against my, like, actual, like, I don't want to say knowledge, but I want to say, like, my instincts. I'll go against it, like, no, that wouldn't happen. It happens. Or, like, I'll go with my instinct, but I'll just know it's the dumbest thing I've ever thought of. Like, sometimes you, like, like, with that, um... Like, let's just say example, like, I don't really feel this, but I own a, I own a Alabama. Basics tell me I own them. And then I actually pick you like an idiot. Like, you, that's not going to happen, probably. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, so, um, yeah, next episode, middle of that. And then it'll probably be another episode when we get to um, opening day. <laughs> it's right around the corner. Baseball season starts for me on Wednesday on the 17th. Scrimmage, Mason. If you know, if you're around here, but you should be if it's this early in the career. Thanks for joining me today. Have a great rest of your day. Peace.